This is what the Bible says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9. God says this, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. So God's saying, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. So God's thoughts and God's ways are different to our thoughts and our ways. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways, says God, are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So the ways of God and the ways of people are different. The the thoughts of God and the thoughts of people are different. Now much, much about the Christian life, about people believing in Jesus and following Jesus and living for God on this earth, much of it is about repentance. And when I use the word repentance, I'm saying that sense of I need to disagree with myself and agree with God because God's thoughts are different to my thoughts and God's ways are different to my ways. So if I'm going to be aligned to the things of God and Jesus... I'm going to have to change my mind about things because I think, you know, I think my ways are the right ways and my thoughts are the right thoughts. And then when I come to the creator of the universe, I suddenly think, oh, well, maybe he might know better than me. Just it could possibly be that God is right and I am wrong. So we need to be on this journey of repentance, of saying, I need to disagree with myself and agree with God. Okay? So hopefully God is speaking to us. And then the other thing is we need to believe that God's thoughts and God's ways are good and right and better for me. So that God's word is a better word. So it's better than what I think and say. And so the thing is this, we can get so entrenched, stuck in our ways, that we think this certain thing is right and this certain way is right. And we don't even know that we're not agreeing with God. And we can be walking with Jesus, we can be uh, coming to a church meeting, but actually our ways... And our thoughts are disagreeing with God. There was one time when Jesus was walking along with his disciples. And two of the disciples, James and John, sidled up to Jesus and they said, Hey, hey Jesus, when you get into your kingdom, when you are sitting on your throne in your glory, um, one of us sit on the right-hand side of you and one of us sit on the left-hand side of you. Because, you know, to be honest, we think we're great. In fact, we think, I'm embellishing, um, we think we're better than the rest of the ten, so they don't need to sit next to you. It's us that need to sit next to you. Is that okay, Jesus? Anyway, they have a little conversation about this, and then when the ten find out what the other two have been saying, they are not happy. In fact, they're pretty angry with them. How dare you? Who do you think you are? You think you're better than us? And so Jesus is like, okay, everyone, stop a minute. Gather around, take a knee. And he says, 
uh, this. You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. The rulers of this world lord it over their people and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. No, no, we've seen leadership and uh, we've seen it's about power and authority and control and taking advantage and being in the best position and having status and everyone looking at us and thinking we're great. And that's why James and John wanted to sit next to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, no, no, your thinking is wrong. You're thinking about this your way, but my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, this applies to so much more in our life than just leadership amongst the people of God. But among you, it will be different. Here's how it's different. See, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. You see, God's kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. God's ways and God's thoughts are different to the world's thoughts and, and ways, but we don't get it. And we forget. Sometimes we'll get something, and it's God's kindness that leads us into repentance and saying, oh, I've been living my life like this, with this way of thinking all the time. But now, God, you're showing me there's a better way. But I'm so used to living like this, and I'm convinced it's a really good way to live, even though I see it can be damaging to me and destructive to me, and it can hurt me and others, and you want it better, but I just can't. Okay, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to disagree with myself, and I'm going to start agreeing with you, God, Ah, so actually, not being hungry and thirsty for position, prestige, fame, power, all those things. No, no, actually, wanting to be a servant and a slave, that's what the kingdom of God is about. Wow, that's quite a shocking thought. And then Jesus says, for even the Son of Man... And Jesus often called himself the Son of Man. It was a, a name he, he, he used to describe, I'm the Son of Man. And basically, what he was, he was taking from old uh, Hebrew writings, basically saying, I am the special one. I am the Messiah, the Christ of God. I'm the anointed one. I'm the special one. And I'm coming to show you what God's like. Even the Son of Man came not to be served. Can you imagine that? The King of all creation, the King of glory, comes to earth in a human body and he comes to serve people. Not to go, come and worship me, but I want to show you a better way to live. And so he said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's a picture that comes from the slave market. So if you got yourself in trouble and you owed money, you might then, in order to pay them back, you might need to sell yourself or someone else might inform, right, I'm going to sell you. 
because I want my money. And imagine that, that someone comes along and buys you as their slave and gives that person you owe some money. And Jesus said, I've come to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. What? Yeah, we're all enslaved to, to sin, the things that we don't want to do, that we do do, that we know that they're wrong and it, we just can't help it. Jesus come to set us free, to pay the price that we would be forgiven. So that person there, standing there, I owe money, I'll be your slave. Imagine this, if someone walks up, you're there, standing there. They come and they go to the person, there's the money, and then they say to you, you, you can go free. You can go and do whatever you like, but you know what? You could also come and follow me and be at home with me and I'll look after you, and I'll show you a better way of living. That is what Jesus wants to do for each and every one of us, to lead us out of our darkness and into his light and life. It's a better way to live. Jesus Christ came, God in human body, to die for us, to set us free. So you could just think to yourself, Christ died for me to set me free. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Now, there was another time when, when Jesus was with his disciples and um, they, they went and had a meal together. And uh, the tradition, I guess, was that um, there would be someone there to, to wash your feet. They would be a slave, a servant. Because at the time of Jesus, people walked around in open-toed sandals. Uh, a bit like your good self there, sir. <laughs> and imagine that Isaac walked over the fields to get here and he walked through muddy paths and he walked through some horse manure and a bit of dog poo and some other stuff. And then when he got here, you might say to yourself, one does stinketh. <laughs> like his feet would smell. And, um, you know, sorry, Isaac, but, you know, you stink, mate. But he's like... <laughs> so... So if that's the way they lived, they'd get to a place and there'd be someone there to wash their feet. But when they all get there, the Jesus and the twelve, I don't know what they're thinking, no one's washing their feet. And they're all sitting around and it must have stunk and they must have known it, but no one, because I'm great, uh, is going to want to wash someone else's feet, are they? So who in the room is big enough, thank you, is big enough to do the work of a slave and a servant. That's right. It's Jesus. Jesus gets up from the table and he, he washes their feet. And he dries their feet. So he washes their feet, he dries their feet. Can you imagine getting down to Isaac's feet and washing them for him when they're covered in such a mess? Who'd want to do that? Oh. But that's what Jesus did to them. And he says this, after washing their feet, he says this, you call me teacher, you call me Lord. And you are absolutely right to call me teacher and Lord, because that is who I am. But since I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet... <laughs> Mama! Since I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you ought to also wash one another's feet. 
I've given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you in doing them. Jesus wasn't starting a new foot washing club. Right? He was saying, guys, don't get too big for your boots. Don't think there's anything below you. Serve one another. Love one another. Then you're going to be great in the kingdom of God. Then you can lead in the kingdom of God. You know, it's so easy in the Christian world for people to become famous Christians, big names, stand at the front, make it all about them. It's not about them. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And so... Who, who thinks they're greater than their master? If Jesus is my master, why would I think I was greater than him? It's ridiculous. But it happens when our thoughts are not his thoughts and our ways are not his ways because we start thinking of ourselves as being great and better than everyone else and that's too low for me to do. Thinking. So God's kindness leads us to repentance and believe that actually doing the things that Jesus did in the way Jesus did is a better way to live, and God's got our back. And so we get our identity from who we are in Jesus, in our relationship with the Father, and not by what we look like or what we own or what we wear or anything like that, because all of that is rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, the Lord. The most important thing for us is our relationship with God through Jesus. There is nothing else that compares our union with Jesus, our relationship with him. Nothing. Everything else needs to be considered as rubbish. And we will be blessed if we serve. If we don't get caught up in ourselves, if we don't believe the hype about ourselves, if we don't believe the rubbish about ourselves, pride is a two-sided coin. Pride is being caught up with the self. How great I am or how rubbish I am. And either way is a trap of evil to get us out of being in union with Jesus, being secure in him and therefore able to do whatever we need needing to do. So, all the glory, all the attention, all the praise, all the worship needs to be given to Jesus, to God, our creator and saviour. Amen? Amen? Now, um, a word. So we, we are going to be praying for, for our leadership team. I'm going to ask in a minute Nita to share a picture that she received. I just want to add into a bit of context, but I just want to speak... <laughs> To, to us as church leaders by using a couple of verses uh, from Peter and uh, from Paul in the book of Acts. So Peter says this to people that are church leaders. He says this, Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over, oversee willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you'll get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And then, when the great shepherd appears, you'll receive a crown of never-ending glory and honour. There will be a reward, 
for all of us who seek God diligently, for all of us who follow him, but for those who are going to be in a position of serving the church as leaders, their reward is in heaven in the future. And then Paul says to, he speaks to the Ephesian church leaders and he says this, so guard yourselves or watch over your heart and your mind. Watch, I mean, this is applicable for all of us. Watch over your heart and your mind. Watch over what you think about. Watch over what you feel. Because what you think will affect the way you live. What you feel can affect the way you live. So guard yourselves. Watch over your heart and mind. Um, sorry. So guard yourselves, firstly, to church leaders, and then guard God's people. Watch over God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit is appointed as leader. So leadership should be appointed by the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's a God thing. And the church is not belonging to the leaders. The church is belonging to Jesus because Jesus has paid for the church by his blood. All that leaders are, are servants and slaves. But, it's true, but I might be your servant, but you are not my master. <laughs> Jesus is my master, and so I serve you. Do you get it? Kingdom mindsets. So, just bring some context to today. So, back in May 2020, so over, well over a, a year ago, wasn't it? We, um, we had a time of prayer and fasting, seeking uh, the Lord for direction and guidance. And during that time, we received um, a prophetic word. And that prophetic word came through Nita. Do you want to... So here it is. Yeah. So um, I, I had a, um, uh, uh, at the beginning of that week, so the whole church were praying, it wasn't just a few people, and at the beginning of the week I had a picture of a, a ladder, and it was the kind of the ladder that, that a child might draw, you know, with two uprights and rungs. Very, very nice ladder, actually. And it was propped up against a wall. And, um, but when I looked closely, I saw that you could either have both feet on the ground or you could have both of the tops touching the wall, but you couldn't have both because there was a slight sort of twist in one of the um, uprights, um, which meant you, you, you couldn't, you know, you, you, it was a little bit unstable. And um, I just sort of, you know, I didn't know what that was about. And, okay, yeah, thinking about it. And then later on in the week, as I was thinking about that picture, I had another picture of a different kind of ladder, um, the kind that you would call an A-frame ladder, where you open it out and then a platform goes down at the top and it's got its treads, you know, that you can climb up and it's, often it's got, you know, pieces of wood or rope or something to support it. And as I was thinking about it, I thought this represents leadership, leadership of Epping Forest Community Church and that the first ladder represented the way was, the church was led at the time. No criticism of anyone. It was Rich and Kate leading doing a fantastic job, leaning up against different solid structures because that's the only way that ladder works. It can't stand up by itself. It needs something. Um, 
And so it's not like they were leading by themselves. They weren't. They were using, they had lots of support, people that, that were helping them. But somehow in that, there was a lack of stability. It wasn't a ladder that you would necessarily feel, oh, I'm not quite sure about climbing this, you know. Um, and the A-frame ladder represented a, a different um, structure that was functionally more stable because just in itself, it was it had treads and it was firm and you could climb up it. And the crucial thing for me was the platform that comes down at the top, which I guess if you were decorating or something, you put your paint on or your bucket, whatever. But to me, and as we talked about it, we felt that that's a way of releasing, you know, like you can, like people can kind of, I don't know, dive off it or whatever, but it was a way of that kind of leadership enables others to become what they need to be. So, mm. uh, yeah, I just presented that. So that, just highlight that, that, that kind of leadership enables others. And so it, that word had a profound um, effect. And I've got to be honest, one of the reasons why it had such an effect upon me personally is because um, we've got ladders at the hall, you know? We've got ladders. And sometimes you can put a ladder up and you can climb up the ladder and that ladder can just slip down the wall and it can be a nasty old accident. Right, and that has happened here by the grace of God. Someone's okay, but then um, the, this guy said to us, "Oh, what you really need is one of these sort of ladders," and we were going, "Well, it's very expensive." And he goes, "No, I'll bring one round. You can borrow it, and I'll show you how to do it." And this guy goes, "Pop, pop, pop!" This massive, huge ladder is before us that is not leaning against anything, and he runs up the ladder right to the very top, and he's going, "See." It's fine. And, um, yeah, yeah, we'll get one of those ladders. And so we've, but, do you know what? When I use that ladder, or when people use that ladder, and it is, oh, you get it in, you move it around, and then if you put it up there, you've got to drop it all down and fold it up again to move it to the next bit, because those metal gantries get in the way. It's just cumbersome, it's big, it's a bit of a pain. But when you're up the ladder, you now feel safe. Much better than when we were just sort of leaning a ladder and hoping it wouldn't slip. And so we responded to that picture in, in faith and we, we believe at that time we had the right leadership team of Katie and, and myself and then Rob and Nita and Chris and Jody and Helen. The last shall be first. And, um, and so then... What we did, we went through that time of prayer and fasting and seeking God. And then so we appointed a new leadership team to start in January this year. But of course, we weren't able to get together. We were on Zoom, so we did that on Zoom. And, um, and then Kate, since then, Kate had a sabbatical. Give us a wave. And, uh, and then we felt it was right with her trustees to release her from being responsible for church leadership, to be responsible for being uh, a community outreach worker, looking after local community, doing something similar but different, paving that way. And so Kate stepped down from the responsibility of being on the leadership team, and we prayed for her a few weeks ago. And so what we would love, what would please us, what would help us, is if we could be prayed for again, uh, but here together.